This podcast proudly brought to you by Moss Shot Shells. Old school is back in season. Experience superior shells when you go with Boss Shot Shells. Their premium, non-toxic bismuth shells knock birds down so hard that the old guys might just think they're shooting lead again. Make sure you check out Boss Shot Shells for your next purchase of shotgun shells. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting. Hi, Danoon. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing awesome with the new addition to the family. We uh, Little Georgie is now in the house, day three of the new Black Lab puppy. So things are going good. Awesome. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, I followed those stories along, and <laughs> I was anxious to see it. And, you know, see, uh, well, see it via... via via instagram but yeah pretty how'd cool. i do on the stories did i do I, what, what do i need to improve on there <laughs> um i don't know just more of them <laughs> <laughs> i did quite a few i did like five or six on that trip yeah, yeah. so pretty okay. that's pretty okay we took a 10, 10 hour drive up to uh nebraska by scott's bluff which is man it's an amazing area you'll see it in the video um, Chimney Rock is up there, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that is. It's kind of a historical um, structure along the Oregon Trail. And they've got all these, it's like plains, but then they've got all these huge rock formations that are just sticking up for no reason. <laughs> and uh, it's a really clear, it's right on the North Platte. And apparently that section is the best duck hunting on the Platte River that there is. Because uh, there's um, some warm springs that feed into it. So that section of the Platte River never, ne- he says in like 15 years, he's only seen it freeze once. And but wow. you get 20 miles down and it all freezes. So apparently that's just like the place to be for waterfowl hunting. Awesome. Um, but it's gorgeous. And um, Flatlander Kennels is where we went uh, and got a little eight week old black lab and then drove back. So we did like 20 hours driving in, in two days, which was a lot. But and it was fun. It was great. I'm so happy to have this little dog. Awesome. Yeah, I bet it's going to gonna be an interesting time um, having that pup and training and all that. And I was kind of thinking about this because with the age and, and stuff, you usually don't do like, I mean, you do the general obedience and maybe mm-hmm. getting them used to the bumper and excited about it. But you really don't do any training till they're six months old. Um, so what is that going to put you like close to duck season or what? Um, about November, about November. Okay is where so that's, it will. that'll definitely be an interesting time to to try to train too or, or are you going to plan to hold off till like i'm going to i'm really ner- i'm nervous about november and december so from right now i'm basically i'm doing i'm throwing her about nine little retrieves a day with like a little i'm actually using a balled up sock because her other toys seem to be a little too big for her to want to carry back mm-hmm. so i'm doing like three a session of three just really short and then other than that, it's like potty training, kennel training. I'm going to try to get her exposed to the water here real soon. Um, but so it's just basically that kind of stuff until November. And the thing I'm worried about in November is that she's going to be at the point where she's needing lots of exercise. But that time of the year, it's like dark when I go to work and dark when I get back to work. So I'm really 
paranoid about that section of time, number one, because a you know six, seven, eight-month-old lab with no exercise in a house is a dangerous, dangerous thing. <laughs> and I need to be – that's when the training needs to start. But I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to get it done because there's no daylight hours for me during that section. So I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I've got a long time until she actually hunts, but I am worried about that November, December, January time frame of how I'm going to handle it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. You got any suggestions? Well, I mean, uh, no, not really. I mean, it'd be nice, obviously, if you could take her, but um, it's just like too much probably exposure too early. Um, I I uh, took Chief actually when he was six months and. <laughs> Well, there's no way I'm hunting her until fall 2020. No, no, I'm not suggesting it. I'm saying that that it was a mistake. So definitely a mistake. I wouldn't do that. Um, Yeah, I don't know, I guess. I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, Well, the boys get home early. As far as exercise, I may have. When the boys get home about three, I'll probably make sure that they have her fully exercised at least. Um, And I don't know what I'll do with the trainings. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Quit my day job. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Maybe someday, right? <laughs> yeah. I whine about that a lot, don't I? <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's probably uh definitely the highlight of your week. Yeah, it's been it's been amazingly fun and entertaining. Um I'm just getting done with the video of the whole of the whole trip, which I'm pretty happy with, and that'll go out. I don't know, in the next couple of days or something. So if you guys want to see that freelance duck hunting um, YouTube channel where I'm going to be every week chronicling exactly what I'm doing with Georgie and how she's doing. And and so it's going to fill up a lot of content, um, this little pup. And I was telling you off off air that well, Izzy got a little upset and bitter today on the on the nose and she wasn't crying whining a little bit i thought i figured she had been cut the way she was crying but it must have scared her more than anything there's no marks on her at all but man she screamed and ran and cried <laughs> which is not good because the main thing with these dogs is is you want you're socializing them and, and building up their confidence i was like well the first adult dog she interacts with outside of her you know where she upbringing like it tries to bite her and scare it's like now she's gonna be scared of dogs the rest of her life or something <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure she'll be fine. That'll probably be a good idea to let her meet some friendly ones too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But we've been taking her to Walmart with us. We've been taking her all around and everyone that acts like she's cute. I'm like, you can pet her, you know, just to socialize her. And, and I made when she gets a little, I'm gonna take her to the dog park. Um, when she's ready for that. Um, we've got an awesome dog park around here where she can maybe just see some other dogs and, and, uh, say hi to them, get a little more socialized with dogs. Good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, I don't think we have time for it. I've got the I've got the uh, the um, duck hunting dream, but I don't know if we have time for that. I had another one. <laughs> if you guys watch our podcast, this is kind of a running theme of my crazy waterfowl hunting dreams. But I, I don't know if we have time for that or uh, not. Hmm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> How I, in depth of a dream? Just, well, let's just go for it. It yeah. went really in depth, but I'll give you the short version. So we've already, re- you know, in my waterfowl hunting dreams, either I'm physically unable to because like, I can't lift my arms or something, or just catastrophes are happening. And then this is this is kind of the latter. So my last one, my last dream I talked about, I was trying to hunt out of my old um, rental home, uh, putting up decoys in my in my house which is odd, but this one, I'm going on a hunt trip. I'm with my dad, my uncle and another person, which I didn't know who it was. So we're in the hotel room 
and um, we're getting ready to go to bed, and these four guys come walking in, and they're like young college kids, and I didn't actually know them in real life, but in the dream I knew them vaguely, like I had talked to them online or something, and they were not invited on this trip, and all of a sudden they come into the hotel room, you know, they're being all loud and obnoxious, and like they're going to hunt with us, which puts our hunting group up to like eight, so I'm really stressed out about this, like they're in a hotel room, what are they doing, Uh, you know, get out of here. And, um, so I end up going to, I, I go to sleep. Everything's fine. Wake up like at 10 o'clock, totally have overslept the hunt. And then I realize where we're supposed to be hunting is actually right outside the hotel room. <laughs> There's like a big river system. So I'm like, okay, we can, maybe we can still go and set up and everything. Well, I can't find any of my hunting clothes and I'm just in, I'm in street clothes. And now, um, there's ducks starting to fly and I'm in street clothes. And so my <laughs> uncle's out there and and he gets a pass and he kills one. And this is like 10 yards from, and all of a sudden there's no wall there. You know, the wall disappears. So now you can see right out to the hunting spot from the room. And my uncle gets a pass, drops one. So I run out there still in my street clothes. And this, this, this group just coasts right in from left to right. And my uncle like shoots a double. And next thing I know, I realize that these college kids from inside the hotel room are just unloading their guns. <laughs> so I like hit, I like, all on the, on my back on the ground to not get shot and like steel is raining all over me and all over the ground i'm just like laying there flat on my back not trying to get <laughs> shot so there was a lot more to it after that i couldn't find my decoys i was trying to drive home but the college kids were in my car so i couldn't drive home to get my decoys so, so. what are you trying to say about college kids <laughs> <laughs> I did have a cool section of the dream, though, where I was looking for spots on Google Earth and I turned into like a, a drone and I was hovering all over these cool, <laughs> cool hunting spots. But that was actually a pretty cool part of the dream. But man, whatever you're on, I'll take some, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a my did not turn good. Yeah, it, that was kind of um, um, Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty extensive dream. But again, total futility. <laughs> My uncle nice. did shoot that sweet double, though. That was a nice visual, those birds coming in. <laughs> awesome. There'll be All more right. to come. I don't know if we, how many times that we want to continue to tell my waterfowling dreams, because <laughs> I have them all the time. Maybe maybe we'll do a pool, but I find them interesting. So yeah, we'll, just, okay. uh, <laughs> we'll probably keep rolling with them. <laughs> okay, I like them, too. Well, not when I'm having them. I like telling about them. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I guess it's probably about time to bring in our guest. Um, our guest for tonight is Titus from Mid Valley Mercenary, um, but we'll introduce him once he's in here. So it should be a good one. Um, so definitely stay tuned. Um, real quick, make sure you guys jump over to iTunes and drop us a review. Um, we got the barrel stickers, uh, and so limited supply. We already getting emails for people wanting them, so make sure you get on, get in on that because we only got so many to give away. And so, so, what do they have to do to get the barrel stickers again? Uh, just drop a review, take a picture of it, and email it to me at Duck Gun Chronicles. And yeah, we'll get it over to you. So, I'm definitely pumped to get them out to you guys and see you guys rocking them this season. Um, also, you want to see any of Elliot's and my content on YouTube, um, Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot's Freelance Duck Hunting, and we're the same on our Instagrams. And like we said, we put out a ton of content, stories, posts, videos, so don't miss out on that. Um, all right. Now, quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into the content. 
Gunner's American-made dog boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the market's only CPS crash test certification. The guys over at Gunner Kennels have conducted major stress tests to show just how strong they really are, like applying 4,000 pounds of force, dropping a 630-pound hammer from 8 feet, and shooting it with a 12-gauge shotgun at 7 paces with no bullet penetration. Engineered for your dog and built for your peace of mind. Gunner doesn't cut any corners. Nothing comes close to the G1. Go to GunnerKennels.com and use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at ShotCam. Now I've been using ShotCam for the last year and I can tell you right now it's a great tool for improving your shooting whether you're doing clays or live birds or just want to see some cool footage of your shots after the fact. Make sure to check out shotcam.com and use discount code DuckGun at checkout for $40 off. All right, we are back and we got Titus with us. So uh, What's up guys? Quick introduction for Titus. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, and I know a lot of our listeners are YouTuber or uh, watch YouTube stuff as well. So um, Titus is the host, the creator of Mid Valley Mercenary, the widely popular California-based duck hunting YouTube channel, as well as the host of um, the new MVM podcast, which I've listened to those episodes as well. And off to the races on that one, doing excellent. So how are you doing tonight, Titus? Good man, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, and uh, I guess I should I should say that I feel privileged to be uh, <laughs> here with two of the best YouTubers as far as duck hunting channels come. Um, two very popular YouTube duck hunting channels on here, so it's a pretty cool collab getting all three of us here together. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, the whole YouTube waterfowl community is certainly bursting, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah it's uh it's cool because uh it's like some of us came up at different times and and uh you look back at elliot kind of one of the first channels and um and then i can't remember it did me i think me and titus started the same year doing it um and then kind of the year after that you know you see i think high prairie sportsman was no he might have i can't remember but anyways a lot of us kind of came up came up together making the videos at the same time mm-hmm uh, it's been an explosion for sure. It's there's going to be more and more every year, and I think we'll start seeing some drop away too, because it takes yeah. a. You guys know, man. I mean, you can do this casually, but if you really want to build it and get people into it, you got to grind, man. You got to grind mm -hmm. it. <laughs> I saw I was telling my brother today. I said, dude, it. You you can do one a week, but it ain't much gonna. It's gonna be kind of tough. You really there. You got to strike while the iron iron's hot. I told him last year, you know, I was doing consistently two a week and maybe third if I'm lucky. And you could tell a big surge when you do that third video, but it took that much more time, you know? Yeah. 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 Three a week is rough. Only rough. so much time in the day for sure. And then yeah. add podcasts on top of that. Well, I can't imagine <laughs> what that's. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to batch those up a little bit before yeah. duck season. You'll have fun with it um, for sure. So um, before we get too much in the discussion, though, I want to make sure. Uh, 
Um, you go ahead, Titus, and tell us a little bit about um, you. And for people that don't know, Titus actually came on the podcast way, way, way back. We're on episode 102, and that's pretty crazy because you were on episode two. So 100 episodes later, here you are. Oh, that's cool. So, <laughs> did you plan that on purpose? <laughs> no, I did not plan it on purpose. I, I wish that's I. Pretty cool. I wish I could say I had that much foresight in my uh, <laughs> podcast planning schedule, but I don't. So. <laughs> Uh, so go ahead and um, you know give people a little bit of background uh, about who you are, what you got going on. Yeah, I'm uh, Titus Headings. I'm out here in good old commie state of California. <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff going on with uh, gun laws and ammo laws out here. But anyways, that's where I was born and raised. And it actually, to be honest with you, it's a cool state. If it wasn't for all the laws and rules and you know all that kind of stuff, it'd be a whole lot better but I mean I'm two hours from the ocean I'm two hours from the mountains I'm hour from 30 minutes from duck hunting I mean it's really got everything you need out here so born and raised and um, anyways always hunted my whole life since the age of five my dad's had me out there tricking around the mountainside and mainly big game hunting deer hunting elk hunting stuff like that and um, when I was nine my dad and one of his um, uh, employees took me out duck hunting and uh, of course, I didn't pull the trigger at the time. I was actually wearing, I got that picture, I'm about to post it one of these days, but I was wearing a purple jacket. My dad had me in a purple jacket out there duck hunting. It kind of shows how much he uh, actually duck hunted. But <laughs> anyways, um, that was the first taste of it. And uh, didn't really go anymore because my dad just wasn't into it. He's really a big time elk hunter. And uh, then I started going with my friend, Travis McDonald. He's on the channel. And uh, 15, and I've been going ever since. Um, of course, I've missed a little bit here and there because I was, I was in the Army, so going away for that stuff, training, and then deployment and stuff like that. And I'm um, just a ag pilot and helicopter and been doing that for about 12 years and love to duck hunt. Honestly, that's my passion. And, I mean, I, I got a beautiful wife, Sarah, and my two girls are 10 and 7. And uh, we just try to do my best to, you know, enjoy life and, also um be a big part in helping my church and stuff like that it's like kind of a lot that we do too several times a week so most i guess that's long story short that's what we got going on here in california awesome so um i guess kind of one thing that surprised me is that you did a lot of big game hunting growing up and uh you're more of a duck hunter now so kind of what was that transition like or was there kind of like a defined moment where you decided that you were going to stick more to the duck hunting opposed to the the big game you know it to me it's like common sense like okay my dad i'll have to tell you a little story here so my dad <laughs> he thinks i'm absolutely nuts to be a duck hunter like he thinks me and thomas are stupid for <laughs> he sells us all the, every year i can't believe you guys and this listen to this this is funny this is what, how he says it i can't believe you guys are walking around in the muck and the mire to kill a stupid bird <laughs> and i'm like man you know how much easier that is growing up doing big game hunting like climbing mountains and living out <laughs> eating uh, what's that dry freeze-dried food for two weeks on end not taking a bath for two weeks and then you got duck and duck hunting over here on top to boot you may never pull the trigger i'm right i mean that's just how big game hunting is you may never have an opportunity especially that he was real into archery hunting <coughs> but uh yeah man when i the defining moment was is like bang 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 you know and you can shoot seven birds and you get to go out there and have fun you're 30 minutes from home you can go eat 
breakfast after you limit out or maybe you don't limit out maybe shoot one bird or whatever it's not it to me it's a no-brainer i mean it's and there's nothing like i mean i think you guys and myself i know for a fact we can sit there and visualize multiple moments of when that bird was coming in the spread or when something happened when you know your friend buddy fell under the water or you know just it's it doesn't compare in my opinion but that's just me well, the visuals you get in waterfowl hunting, that my yes. thing with like big game hunting or even like fishing is, is like, if I'm having a bad day fishing, I feel like there's not a fish in the whole lake. Right. Right. You know, when you're waterfowl hunting, even unless it's just the worst day, you're, you're normally seeing birds. Yes. It's, it's a Indiana. visual, very visual sport. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 At least you always feel like you have a chance, I guess is a good way to put it. Right. Right. Seabirds yeah. come in, you can call them. You know, if it's if they if they don't want to come, they might not. But um, but at least you you feel like you have a chance from time to time, which right. keeps you really kind of energized for the hunt. Yep. I'll tell you what yeah. I'm most interested in being a a YouTuber and everything is I'm interested to hear your story on when did you decide to start your YouTube channel? Um, what was the whole progression from the moment you're like, hey, I'm going to try to do this till now? You know. What happened was, is uh, I had always watched, well, I say always, but as far as watching duck hunting on YouTube, I would say I've been like consistently watching YouTube for, I'm trying, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate nothing, I don't know, maybe let's just say six years or whatever, but that was longer ago, before that you'd watch it, but you, there really wasn't a big deal on subscribe, you know, like, I didn't subscribe. I didn't even know what that word meant. Well, then I would say I subscribed to a couple channels, and I don't know. I want to say it was like I don't even know who was around at that time. I'm sitting here trying to think because I know like um, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. But like, say I subscribed to a couple channels, maybe Foul Reality or something like that, and I was like, man, you know that that's I love watching this. Gets you all pumped up, and then mm -hmm. I've always liked videoing. I've literally asked my parents. They think. It, They've made fun of me all the time growing up. I always <laughs> had their camcorder. I say that word. It sounds funny now. But <laughs> I had their camcorder, and I would – you guys are going to laugh. I would video – my. don't ask me. I was stupid, young kid. I would video <laughs> myself dunking a basketball at the house. <laughs> don't tell me why. Six-foot goal? Yeah, yeah. you know, you could load <laughs> it all the way yeah. to the bottom and just like shack up there just yeah. slamming it. And I'd, I'd do that, and then um, I'd video – my brother, my sister, or my mom, they get the camera out of my face. I was just that annoying kid. <laughs> and then, like, over time, you know, I'd make all, we got all these home videos. We were watching them a while back and laughing. Just stuff I videoed since I was a kid. And uh, then I started seeing other people that was more, um, man, I'm trying to think. It wasn't, hunter, it wasn't duck hunting, though. It was other forms of, like, vlogging. And I'm thinking these guys had all these subscribers. They were probably more, like, um, big game hunters or whatever. I'm like... If these guys can do it, I can too. And that thought kind of passed away. And then I start thinking, you know, I was telling my brother, this is how it started. I said, dude, let's get, grab a GoPro and just start recording this. I mean, we have so much fun. We laugh so much. Stuff like that. I said, let's just start recording it. So I had all my iPhone and my GoPro, uh, GoPro 4 or something like that, or 5. And uh, anyways, the first video... Well, it really wasn't the first video, but the first one that really took off, I made a real cheesy one like another year before that, but I just did one. It was a crazy old uh, uh, spoonie hunt we did in the little canal, but 
the first official one where I was like, I'm going to do it this whole season. Um, me and my brother, it's that picture of my brother holding, you know, a limit full of birds up in his hand. It's got the real cool background. And that, that hunt started out super slow. And, you know, we're talking in it. Anyways, I uploaded it just like the old other ones I had. I had 100 subscribers then. And that video, I didn't go viral, right? But, I mean, it like in a week and a half, it had 15,000 views. And I had got 1,000 subscribers just like that. And I was just like, I didn't even know about all the, like anything about it. I just knew that was growing. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, let's just keep doing it. And we just kept doing what we were doing. And, and then I got to actually where I was like, really like doing it, you know, like for the purpose of growing it and stuff like that. So to the point now, um, Elliot, like you were saying, to the point now, I actually have built so m- I'm looking at it in a different way. It's now like building friendships and making new acquaintances and going to different places. Those are the things that I didn't, I didn't plan at the beginning. I never thought of it like that. Just for instance, last year we went to um, Michigan with a guy named Adam Stam. He had put one, like one or two videos of, a, of him shooting Old Squaw. And that's been my bucket list bird. And he uh, made a comment in one of my videos and was like, dude, you need to come back here and shoot Old Squaw. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Never thought nothing of it. But over time, we went back there and hunted with him, and we've hunted with other people, meeting you guys. It's been a, it's honestly been a lot more of a blessing than I really ever thought it would. A lot more friends and stuff like that that I never would have had without it, you know. I think that your experience is, is similar to a lot of guys that are actually have um, waterfowl YouTube channels where it's kind of like, eh, let's goof around. Yeah. And then at some point, you're like, okay, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Almost an accident, honestly. Yeah, and it just enhances your waterfowling and your life tremendously. Yep. It's like, fun. Like you said, I think it's actually made me better, and not a better hunter per se, but better just to pay attention to what I'm doing. And, you know, I don't think more because now you're you're on the limelight. And, yeah, a lot of people edit. We can all edit stuff out. I mean, I've edited stuff too. You know, I'm not saying nobody leaves every single thing in, but you are a lot more conscientious, I think, doing it. You know. So let me ask you a question. I've never thought about asking anyone this before. Um, I, I think you've been recognized by people in public, correct? I think you heard you say that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Crazy. And yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it is weird. And um, I mean, you know, the feeling of getting lots of positive comments and a lot of praise. And of right. course there's the troll side of it too. Right. Right. And I know that you're talking about, you know, you're going to church and all that. So I, I assume you're somewhat of a spiritual man. Have you ever thought about, or been like, Oh, I've got to make sure to, um, be humble. And I've got, and I'm not saying this cause I think you have the problem of talking for myself. I'm like, it becomes, if you're, if you're not careful, it can become, you can start feeding on, people recognizing you and feeding on the comments and, and pretty soon, you know, uh, something a little slips in where you're, you're feeling a little bit, you just have to double check yourself. Hey, this is not about me. This is not about self praise. Right. So have you had those thoughts and how do you deal with that? I totally have had those thoughts. I, I don't feel like I've crossed over to the side to where I've got prideful, but it's something I'm worried. I do worry about like, cause I have seen what it does to a lot of people. And I, my, my faith and belief in Christ, I think, has, can help me if I let it, you know what I mean? Sure. To be able to not get like that and get prideful. Because first off, I don't 
I don't like that when people do that. But something that we may not like or hate or can't stand, we can end up finding ourselves being the same way. So I definitely don't want to do that and be like that. Um, And I want, the thing is, I'm always concerned about is the more you grow, the more people are not going to feel comfortable with approaching you. And I don't like that because why? I'm literally another dude, another hunter, another guy, another fisherman, just like you, you know, um, I've had guys comment in the videos and say, ah, we seen you, but we didn't want to say nothing. It's like, please don't do that. Like I am, I am a, a guy. I'm another guy. I want you to come up to me. I'm not no public figure. I'm not no nothing. I'm just somebody recording just like you could do. So yeah, to, to approach that, I feel like I want to kind of put that out there more this year in the videos is like, guys, I actually, I did last year. I said, guys, come up to me, say hi. We want to say hi to you. We want to talk to you. You know what I mean? We're, we're nothing special. We're just, you know, another thing too is I integrated it last year, but I want to do it more this year is just like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of deer meat for dinner, the big YouTube channel, Christian guy. He's got like 1.6 million um, subscribers and he does a lot of fishing and stuff. And he's, he's actually done some duck hunting videos, but uh, he does a lot of praying over his food and stuff like that, you know, in his videos. And I started doing that a little bit more last year. It's just something I never thought of, but I think that would help kind of level you out too. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We've tried to do similar things with praying a little bit sometimes and not all the time, but praying sums before our hunt for safety and then kind of starting the side FDH and faith YouTube channel for -hmm. people who are interested in, in that side of my personality and want to get to know, you know, and it's a fine line between if you want to share your spirituality to like, I want to share it, but I don't want to cram it, you know? Right. Exactly. So if you're, Oh, you want the opportunity, but not feel people to feel like, well, this guy is just cramming it down my throat. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I definitely don't want to be on that end of it either. Awesome. Totally agree on all that too. So switching gears a little bit. Um, let's kind of talk about California. Um, <laughs> so first, before we get into hunting, um, you're telling us today that you wanted to go on a little bit of a rant, um, <laughs> later on for your podcast, but you know, you can give us the, the, Sneak the peek. duck gun podcast version of it. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, oh, let's, let's hear what's going on with California. I, okay. I'll try to stay calm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm serious. It gets me so upset. So. There's been a few things um, with California and their their gun laws that is, com- to me, a complete infringement on the Second Amendment, the right to own and bear arms. Not necessarily that they're taking the guns away from us, but what they're doing is they're progressing that way, right? That's what they're trying to do. Not Maybe not right now. People don't look at, oh, they're just doing this, or they just make you register this, or, you know, but what they're not doing is looking in the future. And one of the things is they want to make sure that everything is registered um, here in California. But that's for the guns. Anyways, so July 1st went into action a ammunition law um, that states that every time that you buy a box of ammo, whether it's shotgun shells, pistol, rifle, whatever it is, you have to pay a $1 fee to get a background check to buy ammo every single time. Mm. Not one. I, I can, I could buy a box. I could walk out. I could walk in. I'd have to do another background check every time. And the thing is, it's what's 
irritating me is the minimum word I can use for that is not the dollar. It's not the dollar. I seen a guy, he's a lawyer in Texas and he, and I guess there's two, um, deals in court right now. Cause it's just past the first. So it's, we're only what on July 10th. And, uh, it just went into effect and, uh, there's two cases in court right now and it's the California department of justice that put this in the action. But anyways, um, the, uh, the other thing that's even to me a bigger issue than that, because so when I went in the other day to go on this pigeon hunt, we got that video posting hopefully tomorrow. But when I went in there, I wanted to buy seven and a half, you know, two and three quarter shot to go pigeon hunting. When I went in there and I knew about this law, but I thought ah, people are dramatizing, making it worse than it really is. Right. Well, I went in there and he said, uh, oh, well, we got to do the background check on you. Right. And I was like, Ugh. I go, what's up with this, man? And this was that big five. And this was the manager. And he was super rude with me, probably because he's been dealing with people that are trying to buy ammo. So I get that part of it. But he's all rushed me to pick my ammo out. And I go, dude, are you in a rush? And he's all, well, the quicker you get this going and decide what ammo you want, the quicker I can get your background check going. So I was like, whatever. So I picked my ammo out. And he went, he went in the back. It took him 25 minutes to get approved for my clean record to get a background check and then it comes back out clear and then I had to sign a deal and then he can sell me my ammo. Wow. Now, if you have not bought a gun within the last five years in the state of California, also another thing just so you guys know, non-residents cannot buy ammo in the state of California right now. Non-residents. Oh, wow. Okay. Not that who would want to, but people do come here to hunt. You know, anyways, so the big, the bigger issue that I'm seeing besides just that one, which that's, it's wrong. So, so question on that then too, not to break you up too much, but, um, if you buy ammo, can you buy ammo for somebody else and like, and they pay you or no? Oh, absolutely not. Like, so if we were to, um, let's just say if I was to go across the, to Nevada, I say the porter. It's like, give me a break. It's the <laughs> United States. But let's say if I was to go across to Arizona or Nevada to buy ammo and I come back, um, I've heard two different things, and i got to do a little bit more research before we do our podcast tonight. But everyone's saying it was a felony to do that. I think it's a misdemeanor, but it for sure is a misdemeanor. Minimum, just, to transport, just to transport ammo? Yes. So you so, can't even bring – how do you bring your own ammo if you don't live there? That's the, well, that's the issue that's going on right now. And they say some of them saying it's got to be 50 rounds or less. So if you wanted to come in and you brought ammo, it had to be 50 rounds or less, you know. Mm. But so if you're if coming you're, for a week to hunt yes, or something, exactly. You, I mean, exactly. The, well, you just you just hop back in the car and go home, grab your ammo, <laughs> <and> come back. <laughs> the, the other thing is if you haven't bought a gun since. Um, January 1st, 2014. So, like, if you bought one from July or January 1st, 2014 till now, you're good to go. If not, you have to pay $19 to get a background check to confirm that what you are buying, you do actually have registered. So, like, if I wanted to buy 9mm rounds, if you don't have it showing on your record that you own a 9mm registered, you can't buy that ammo. And if you do buy ammo and say, okay, you can buy the shotgun ammo. You have a 12-gauge, you buy crazy. it. You buy it, 
and you cannot um i'm i'm gonna clarify this but i i've i've read it on multiple plus the doj but it's it's so mind-boggling that i can't believe this is real it's saying they're saying that you have to wait 10 days like a like you would a, a gun here in california so, and then you can't buy ammo again for 30 more days <laughs> oh my gosh it's that it's seems, it's, seems it's crazy. bizarre it really is so what if you have like grandpa's gun like i have grandpa's gun it's not registered because that's before registration the right? point is is they they want to know what you have so if it's so not registered you, they want they before you can so buy you have it to register it well look at you already have a 12 gauge so you'd be okay it doesn't matter it's not about the necessary actual gun it's the the um round so to speak so i have a gauge. 20 gauge right that i haven't bought one in I've never bought a 20 gauge. My my grandpa's yeah. 20 gauge. I hunt with it, so I wouldn't be able to buy ammo for it. No. You so would have, have to, to register. You'd have to register that gun. Mm. It's nuts. Crazy. It's yeah. it's literally nuts. So. And you can't I, bring ammo from inside. Can you uh, can you uh, make your own shells or? Y- yes, and manned? I guess that's kind of blew that like crazy. That people are starting oh, to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would be doing. Gotta move. It's, Gotta move. Yeah. So, yeah. That or fight, you know? Because, I mean, what it's going to happen, it just starts here, right? It starts mm-hmm. here. It starts in New York, Virginia, and then it just filters. I mean, it could be 30 years before it ever gets to Kansas or Indiana, but I'm just saying, like, that's it's just all part of the scheme, right? Yeah. Worrisome. Yeah, yeah it, is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Well, and, so, the, and, the, and, you know, one of the biggest things about it, it's like their intention – is to you know stop criminals but they just end up g- giving headaches to normal guys like you yeah right and and the criminals are they've never registered they've never they've never done it right so how in the world is that stopping them it's not you know no. they can't take our guns away per se because the second amendment says the right to own and bear arms but if they take our ammo away it's the same thing right you know unless mm-hmm. you're loading for yourself of course that's crazy yeah all right well let's not harp on the bad news too much right right hopefully you guys figure that all out and yeah maybe you guys can just take like a i don't know maybe one of those earthquakes will knock off all the i shouldn't say that's terrible (laughs) (laughs) you know but believe it or not there's a a lot of good people in california there really is the central valley is all agriculture people they're farmers Mm -hmm. they're good old boys really it is everybody you know and i get it everybody throws california under the bus that stupid state it's not the state (laughs) It's the people and the politicians in the state that is the problem. People well, it's never like if you look at the the charts when they do the voting, right? It's all like coastal cities, right? And they have such high population they outvote. Oh, like blows ninety five percent of the rest of the state, mm-hmm. which is crazy. It's yep. insane. Yep. So all right, so let's talk about the good side of California. Let's hear let's hear um, what duck hunting like is uh, in California. You say, what's it like, duck hunting in California? I I messed up my sentence, but that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, it's it's great. Um, Yeah, we don't I don't want to stay negative because last year was just a bad year. So a lot of people have. uh, You know, it's kind of got. er, You know, I but I guess across the board, it sounds to me like everybody kind of um, had a bad year, whatever state they were in. It just wasn't as good, I guess. Elliot didn't. <laughs> you had an epic year, Elliot. Yeah, my best year ever. 
but that, that was a, it was an anomaly. Most of the people in the state were complaining they didn't have a very good year. So yeah, we just got some lucky floods right in the right places at the right times. Yeah, and I'm not saying we didn't have any good days, you know, but um, we had some good hunts, some good memories. I mean, I shot my technical first band, and Rocky found it. I would have never found it. And so that was that was super awesome. That was cool. But um, what's up with uh, the air quotes on technical? Huh? Sounds like there's more to that story. What's what's the air quotes on well, technical? It sounds like there's more because to that story. Me, two times that I've been involved in a band, one time it was me and Thomas. That was on video, and we both shot at the exact same time. Unfortunately, then we didn't have a shot cam, <laughs> so we couldn't <laughs> really confirm. But nothing but. Um, uh, GoPro and then the other time there was about three people involved so yeah this one was it was nice because it was just straight up I am the only one that shot so because I'm not going to sit there and fight about who shot what I do it for the fun of it. it's <laughs> kind of fun to razz each other but in all seriousness it don't really matter but you know duck hunting in California I mean there's some unbelievable places here I mean you can go up north to um in that Clam or not Klamath Basin, the Upper Butte Sink and just all that stuff in there. It's an insane, um, you know, if you, a lot of us out-of-staters love spoonies. You can shoot to your heart's desire here. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like we have a good variety of birds. You can go in the coastline. I haven't done that, and I kind of question myself, like, why have I not went to our coast and shot sea ducks? Like, you know, I don't know why I haven't done that yet, but I plan on doing that this year. You know, you got Brant and you got um, uh, multiple other, you know, sea ducks. Then you can go and shoot canvas back. And you, can, I mean, there's just, there's a, there's a big variety here. California hunting can be really, really epic, honestly. I've never so heard of anyone sea duck hunting in California before. I didn't, I know I've heard of it on the East Coast a lot. I didn't realize that was a thing, I guess. Yeah. I, honestly, that's probably why I haven't, because just, I just guess I haven't heard or thought about it, but. We're trying to, um, supposedly, they said they invited us last year, so we'll see how it goes this year. We're supposed to go on a Brant hunt um, here. Uh, where was that area? I can't think of it right now. But anyways, uh, we're supposed to be doing that sometime in November, I think. So, And my mind's blank. I can't think of the other ducks, too. But anyways, yeah, it's um, it's not. I wouldn't say it's popular for it, but it's definitely some some options there. Tangle Free did a video. There's a guide over there in the San Francisco Bay that does uh, layout boat hunts and stuff, and there's other, some other guys. Cool. So, yeah. So what is the public land hunting like? It seems like it's very overcrowded. Is that accurate? <clears throat> yeah, it is. Um, it depends on where you're at, I guess. Like I said, I know people are listening to this, and I don't want to sound like a sit, sit there a crybaby, but it can be. Um, Hunter, you know, I've been – times hunting where there's a guy to the north of me 150 yards a guy to the east of me 150 yards south of me 150 i mean literally you're completely surrounded and uh you know you still kill ducks but it's it's past shooting i mean it's really hard to decoy ducks when there's eight mojos circling you and you got your own stuff and your own decoys it's it's tough you know and one guy shoots across the refuge um and if you got shy birds which by the time in december it's you know they are it can it can make it pretty tough man but then again there's just those days it seems like it feels like you're the only one on the refuge and for some reason the birds want your spot and it's just you know it's magical so it depends 
Awesome. So I know um, I listened to uh, one of your other podcasts, and it's kind of you guys talked a lot about um, the refuse system, but uh, also you talked about you have options that are outside of that. And um, I think it, uh, it was with uh, Fall Outdoor. Yeah, Fall Outdoors. And, uh, Fall Outdoor. Yeah, and, he's listening. Uh, I think he's watching live right now. Awesome. And so you guys talked about. Um, I can't remember where it was in the Delta or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you, you haven't done that at all though. Have you? No, I have not done one hunt. I fished in the Delta, um, three or four times. And when we were out there, I, it was before season opened right before. And I was like, Whoa, there's a lot of ducks around here, you know? And I, I've never even thought about hunting out there, but I guess it's kind of wild out there. Can be. So why haven't you, is it just net like is the refuse system just better or because for me personally i have in indiana i have uh, some decent public land places where they do the draw um mm-hmm. but you can run into where you don't get drawn all that kind of stuff um so usually i just stray away and try to find like uh public places um where i don't have to worry about that so i just right. what's kind of the mindset with not using the delta at all um be honest with you just lack of knowledge um, and okay. not, nothing, nobody I knew originally that did it. I, I just kind of followed in the footsteps of my buddy Travis and just stayed in the refuge system. But um, I know I was talking to Fall Outdoors. He's going to, we might be having some of those videos this year. So that's going to be a totally, totally new experience for me, you know. So awesome. that'd be interesting just for other people to see because you really don't see a lot of um, Delta california delta duck hunting videos i haven't personally what's the delta like it's it's how do i explain that i know uh, chris could explain that okay you got the bay and then you just got these channels that come off and turn it goes from salt water into fresh coming back out of it right so Mm. it's it's insane i mean it's if you look at it on a map i mean it's just a, a spider web of channels and i don't know i want to say it's a lot of people call it the river some people don't like calling it that, but it reminds you of just a bunch of river channels. Crazy. Okay. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. It yeah. C- no, I, sounds... I mean, think about it. If you if you found a little honey hole that nobody was in, I mean, you could have some insane stuff. But yeah, and you can keep the going tides. Back and... There's tides there too, so you got to kind of, I guess, be careful of that. You know, mm-hmm. play the tides. Yeah. And what's your population species population distribution like? Do you keep track of? Um, all what you shoot in a year and kind of what are your, what do you, it seems like you guys shoot a lot more pintails and, and things like that. Than we so do. you're saying kind of the majority of birds that we're shooting out here? Yeah. Yeah. It's not as many mallards, right? No, you know, and people listen to this that are from California, they're going to have, everyone's going to have a different opinion out here because it really is about where you hunt. Um, so my opinion of it's going to be totally different than the next guy, but just for us, um, we've had mallard holes to where it felt like looking back at our old pictures it was like a lot of mallards like it felt like that's we always shot mallards like maybe not a limit every time but we'd always have two or three or four in the bag um but i mean we went out there and had three or four limits but it's just where you hunt you know and i i feel kind of like we're more on the you know the the pintail limit's low we could definitely shoot more pintails than we do it's just the fact that the limit is what it is but I'd say um, a lot of gadwall, obviously spoonies. I mean, if you want to shoot them, they're there. And, um, you know, people have only been watching us for two years, so they assume that that's what we always shoot. And that, and I don't I don't care because I think they're actually, when they're plumed out, they're pretty cool-looking birds. But 
Obviously, yeah. they don't taste like a wood duck or a mallard or anything. They're they're pretty nasty, but um, not if you make uh, what do you call those pepper sticks out of them? Don't don't make a difference. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean I've got in good groups of widgeon, and like I said, we did shoot a lot of more mallards. I mean, it just depends on what the weather is like up north. You know, like if the mallards are here or not. You know, yeah. so it's a, it's just a variety. I wouldn't say. We shoot more than the other. I'll, I'll tell you this: we definitely see more shovelers than any other bird if you were to go by numbers. So, hmm. do, do the species change throughout the season, or is it like here in Kansas? Yes. We start with the teal, then it's widgeon and gadwall, and then yep. the mallards come. Is that the same for you? Yep, yep. We don't, we don't have that early season. Ours starts the third Saturday of October um, every year, but um, it's kind of weird because. The teal will be the real big, the first big push, usually from what I've seen. <clears throat> You'll have your local birds, but what will happen is, and this is what I always say, I mean, this is just me, but you'll see that big push. All of a sudden, there'll be teal everywhere, and it's usually when there's a good cold snap, and there'll just be teal everywhere, but that could maybe, that usually is not around till December, you know, sometime, sometimes early December, late, late November, um, in the grasslands. Up north, it's a little sooner, obviously, but yeah. Till when you start seeing them showing up in big groups, you're like, okay, birds are going to start moving down now, you know. Sounds like you guys have uh, a pretty neat variety um, as far as hunting and as far as species. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I know in Indiana, like, uh, at least where I'm at, if, if you go further south and west, then you can get into other species. But um, I haven't seen another species. I mean, we've, we've seen some till. Uh, we obviously have wood ducks early. But... Uh, besides a mallard, like during hunting season, I haven't seen anything else in like the last three years. Wow. Wow. I love the yeah. variety. I, that's what I love about the central flyway. And I can't speak to it versus other flyways because it's the only flyway that I've hunted. But it's like throughout the year, you know, there's such a variety of species. But then towards the end, it becomes it slowly becomes almost 100% mallards, which is I love hunts that are only 100% mallards, but at the same time, I love all the early season stuff. I love the gadwalls and the widgeon and the teal. Yes. And, and it's really cool. It's like, all right, more mallards are starting to show up. More mallards. And now it's just only mallards. So it's such a variety wow. throughout the year. It's fun. I love it like that. I bet. That sounds epic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kansas definitely has it good, but uh, – um, kind of a question for you on your on your limits. I know some of the other western states in the Pacific Flyway, um, they can shoot up to seven mallards, um, but I don't I don't think I've ever seen where you guys shoot more than six ducks. So how's how's the limit work over there in California? Yeah, it's uh, seven seven birds is the limit. Um, as far as mallards go, you can shoot seven drakes, uh, but no more than two hens. So you could shoot five drakes, two hens, or seven oh. drakes. You know. So you can shoot seven ducks mm -hmm. in California. Okay, yeah. I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah, we, we might not have limited out <laughs> all the videos. <laughs> we maybe get stuck at six all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Which, that's not a bad day either. I nice. think that's the biggest mallard limit in the country. Yep. I think that's what everybody tells me. Yeah. So we can shoot six ducks, but only five mallards. Oh, and you're full two more than we are. Yeah, you're cut out there a little bit. Are you saying we can only shoot five yeah, mallards? Yeah. Pacific. Yeah. Oh, is it five? I thought it was six over there. Six ducks, five mallards. Oh, wow. Okay. So when, you, when we're in the heavy mallard time, you know, and you're limiting out, it's typically five birds each. And then 
you're just constantly eyeballing for a bonus duck. You want to try to get your mm. bonus duck whenever you can, no matter what species it is. Even because, if it's right off the bat or whatever. Yeah, even if it's right off. Well, I mean, normally, if it's if you know it's 99% mallards, then, yeah, you're constantly looking for that bonus so you can get gotcha. six ducks. I gotcha. Okay. And like, like my video last year, uh, no, the year before last, um, we were in that situation where it was we were just shooting all mallards. And I had a little widgeon hen come and land um right in and i water swatted her and killed her <laughs> and i ended up shot my sixth bird which was a pintail drake which was my bonus and so instead of ending up with my five five mallard drakes and pintail bonus which is about as good as you can do mm. when it's only one pintail limit that's like <laughs> grand slam you know five drakes and a pintail drake but i was so mad that i'd swatted that stupid widgeon because there were still mallards all over the place. But I guess, I mean, I shot my limit, so I wasn't really that mad. But, you know, you right, know. Right. <laughs> Could have been that much better. Yeah. Be speaking of limits real quick, don't want to get too far off topic, but I noticed that the um, limit for Pintel in the Mississippi Flyway is down to one again this year. Where are you guys at on that? Yep. We uh, went back to one this year. What about you, Elliot? Yep. We went back to one as well. Okay. Well, and it sucks because I never last seen, year so. was our worst year pintail hunting. Um, the year before we were covered in pintails and yep. it was one. And then last year it goes to two and I didn't shoot a single pintail all year. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was, the, that's funny. Cause ours is exactly the same way. It was, <coughs> excuse me, but it wasn't like there wasn't pintails. I'm not saying that. But, like, we could have shot two apiece every single time the year before last. And then last year, it was two. And we just, like, the opportunities weren't there. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm sure this year is going to be, like, pintails landing on our heads this year. We yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you see pintails the, throughout the entire season, or are they gone at some point? Um, No, they'll stay all the way. Like, once they get here, they'll stay. Yeah. They sweep through here in October and early November, and then they are gone. And then they will show up reverse migration at the end of January. So if we don't, if you don't get them early, if we don't have, if I don't have one by the second week of November, typically, it's you're not going to get one. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and do you have do you have big numbers of pintail? Um, I mean considering their population sizes the central part of the state does i have seen big numbers of pintails but then some some years i don't see very many and i know that's not all population based it's just when they come through but there have been times where we've seen great numbers but last year we didn't see near as many and i don't think that's necessarily because the population went down i think it's just migration and when they happen to slip through yeah hmm. and on the, on the east side of the state which I'm on the east side, right in Missouri, Kansas border. We don't see pintails um, hardly at all, but the central part of the state where they they, they flock through there quite a bit. <laughs> gotcha. I actually saw my first pintail um, last year during season. So <laughs> there's my contribute uh, contribution <laughs> to the pintail conversation. <laughs> yeah, we got to get Jordan one. We got to. Yeah. This is the year. I think hopefully on that big event, maybe there'll be some pintails around at that time and. That's going to be vi a viral video right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. Better so take like 5,000 uh, pictures for thumbnails. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should, yeah. Um, so before we jump into the lightning round, um, you got any uh, big plans coming up this season? 
Uh, I, you know, I'm definitely going to try to do, I got two trips planned, um, out of state and hopefully a third. So that's going to be quite a bit of content and probably some podcasts too. And, um, got some other big news too. There's, there's, there is a lot of things going on. I feel like I kind of feel bad cause I can't really feel like I can say something yet, but there is definitely <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Um, that's, I, I, I don't know. I expect major, major things to happen this year with growth and just community and everything. I think it's going to be awesome. Awesome. And, and we will uh, kind of, you know, drop a little hints on, on one of those events. Um, the three of us will be hunting together um, and some other stuff as well. So, <laughs> but, but uh, more, more to come on that. So yes. I'm so excited um, about that. I can't even tell you. I'm, it's <laughs> like it's tomorrow. That is going to be so much fun. <laughs> That's what I, I I I said, man. I told you guys I'm I'm getting pretty anxious here. I don't yeah, know what's man. what's the holding factor. I think it's Jordan. He's blaming it. <laughs> He's blaming you, Elliot. But I think yeah, I girl. know. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> you know I was joking. You know, <laughs> Maybe everybody else. You know what? We'll just throw Matt under the bus since he's not here. Matt and Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Jordan asks me, he's like, "Well, should we do this or do this?" I'm pretty much, "Well, whatever you think." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't ask, so I can just throw you under the <laughs> yeah, bus. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big, big news is, is a coming though, for sure. Yes. Awesome. All right. So lightning round. You've done it before, so we'll do it again. Um, it's been a while. The podcast grown a lot, so I'm sure people would love to hear all your answers on it. Um, what kind of shotgun do you shoot? Browning A5. That a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's your dream shotgun? Browning A5. No, um, I. <laughs> you know, I guess since I don't have it, I guess you got to come up with something else. I w- a Browning Satori would actually be awesome to have. It wouldn't be a very good duck gun, but I've shot one before. A, a person I knew let me use it shooting uh, skeet. It was like whoa. That was it was crazy. I actually shot. 20 you know the high house low house i actually shot 23 out of 25 i was like man this gun just oh, basically wow. does it for you i yeah. mean he's got the right choke you know what i mean it wasn't me i could tell you that right the now because that's choke. not normal <laughs> was that a 20 or a 12 gauge it was a 12 yeah awesome yeah. I, I just well, feel like you I'll couldn't tell you miss what i'll right. bring it when we hunt and you can hunt with it <laughs> do you have a satori yeah just really? don't drop it it's, it's my grandpa so <laughs> I, I better not i was Keep my no, I'll let you. It. I'll let you hunt with it. It'll be good. My dad's got a twenty Satori. Nice. Really? Yeah. Great little like, quail gun. Oh, well, twenty gauge. Those are awesome, man. Yeah. My dad actually has a Satori twenty as well. Matches the twelve. That's awesome. <laughs> Probably all walnut. Is it a walnut? Uh huh. Yeah. That's no, awesome. it's from nineteen seventy. Wow. Is, yeah. That's probably it's worth a, more than what he paid for. I'm sure, huh? Oh yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, what kind of um, what do you use for duck loads? Um, as far as the shell, I you know I like three inch threes. Um, I know it's kind of a random number. I'll use twos and if they don't have threes, but and then the dry locks. I pattern my gun with my with my stock factory choke and dry locks out of my specific gun. I know I got to make that clear. Everybody gets all worked up, but <laughs> out of my gun, my choke. That was straight from the factory, um, dry lock, three inch, two or three inch, three shot patterns like crazy good, really good. Awesome. So, and uh, do you have a preference? Uh, do you like ducks or geese better? Ducks. Yep. Probably a probably a teal, right? 
Mallards. I should have said I should have said Spoonbill, but you should have. Yeah, I should have just said that to get everybody worked up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what's your favorite terrain to hunt in? I haven't hunted in it, but I really, really, really want to. uh, Is timber, flooded timber. So I don't know if that really gives the answer because I I feel like I haven't (laughs) hunted all terrain, so I can't say. I don't know. I feel like everybody we've talked to says timber's terrible. Yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Every guest and their brother. That seems like like that'd be terrible for mallards to just fall straight out of the heavens back (laughs) at 10 yards with nowhere to go. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Face paint or no face paint? Eh, I don't know. That's my opinions changed on that. I'll I'll just say face paint. That's all right. It's kind of a pain wiping off too, but. Hey, I already face paint comes off pretty good. Yeah, it does. Not a not a product push or anything, um, but I, I mean, it, it comes off good. So yeah, it does. It Compared does to the off. other ones, um, I think I'm missing one, but uh, we'll just jump to the end question. So most memorable hunt? Hmm, ever? Yeah, we'll go with uh, well, we'll go with make it waterfowl, I guess, specific. Well, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that's that's going to be oof. You should have prepped me for that one. <laughs> uh, man. That you put me on the spot on that. Here one. here I'll start you out. It was a, a bluebird day and in drops <laughs> six spoonbills and <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. You know what? I that's tough and I may change my mind later, but as for now, I'll just say that hunt me and my brother went on um the original video i was telling you guys about that was pretty that was a very memorable for the fact it was so dead and we did so bad in the morning didn't want to stay thomas wanted to go home or i wanted to go home (laughs) he's like no we're staying we drove all the way up here three hours he said we're staying (sighs) whatever and we stayed and it was just lights out and uh and then shot that banded pintail so i would say that was that was pretty awesome (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a pretty awesome hunt. Yeah, limited out was good. Awesome. Strong right. strong north wind landing in her face. Can't, can't there you go. More. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, been yeah. a great podcast having you on. So uh, go ahead. Let people know where they can find you across all of social. You guys can find us on Instagram at Mid Valley Mercenaries. Um, and Facebook, we're also Mid Valley Mercenaries, and then YouTube, type in Mid Valley Mercenaries with an E. <laughs> kind of easy. That's kind of a long name. I wasn't really thinking too well <laughs> when I came with that last one. Everyone's like, I don't know how to spell this stupid name. Like, yeah, <laughs> probably wasn't the smart. If you notice, I've been starting to go MVM a lot. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, and so don't forget to say. Uh, oh, in our um, podcast too. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah, the, it's the T H E M V M show. So yeah, check us out. Awesome, and uh, give you some high praise on that. He's been pumping them away and, and getting really rolling on the the podcast as well, and uh, putting out some great content. So definitely, um, if you guys are enjoying waterfowl content on podcasts, go check them out. Um, you won't be disappointed. And also, he's already said it, but his YouTube phenomenal California hunts. So make sure to check them out. Appreciate that. All right. Any uh, parting words, Elliot? I don't think so. I'm just, we're waiting for the green light from Jordan and then we can uh, (laughs) drop the bomb. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for tonight. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot for free, from Freelance Duck Hunting, and Titus from Mid Valley Mercenary. And we'll see you guys on the next one.